This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to The Circuit of Success. I am your host, Brett Gilliland, and today I've got the privilege to interview Jillian Tedesco. Jillian, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. It's good to be with you. We both had some technical difficulties today, didn't we? Oh, yeah. That's but life, you, though, right? <laughs> we got to adapt. We got to adapt here on the circuit of success. Well, you should see me running around the house, like with the laptop and the, the ring light and the microphone and trying to <laughs> get literally makeshifting like a portable podcast station. That's right. And we adapt and we can make it happen. So here we are. So we're good. Well, you are Jillian Tedesco, as I said. I've, I've been to your spot before in Brentwood. You've got an amazing company. You are the CEO and founder of Fit Flavors. You are a author, soon to be author, coming out in early 2022. We'll talk about that later. And a mother and a Christian and just a, a, a wife, a certified chef. Like I said, founder and CEO of Fit Flavors. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. So what are we talking about? We're going to talk about mindset. We're going to talk about you. We're going to talk about business. We're going to talk about all sorts of things. And I don't know what else we'll talk about, but we'll figure it out as we go. But I've got a nice little questions here for you. So, but before I, uh, like on every show I do, Jillian, it's just kind of what's made you the person you are today. Obviously you don't just wake up and do all the things you've accomplished and would love to hear a little bit of the backstory. Yeah, sure. I think I look at now like the values that I have in my life. And I think a lot of them were created and started to root themselves in me when I was an athlete. I connect that now as I'm older and looking back, obviously having kids as well, just knowing what sports did for me with discipline and showing up and practice, practice, practice. I was an extremely good softball athlete, got a scholarship to college. I didn't actually take it, but just knowing that if I put in the work, I played varsity my freshman year of high school that kind of stuff. Those disciplines did follow me, I I think, into the workforce. So definitely having certain values and beliefs. I got really big on my belief system and everything when I found God and he showed up big for me in my life. And I have really tried to make sure everything in my life honors him with my business and my marriage, even my friendships. And I'm constantly having to work at that because <laughs> I mean, I fall short all the time, but sure. uh, those things are definitely what has rooted me and helped me become the person I am today is my faith and my values. Yeah. Well, I love that. And so I, I know you, you've had a journey, right? You grew up in Akron mm-hmm. and then I I think what went to was it Miami and yes. then Miami no, to St. Louis? No, I, stopped, I stopped in Podunk, Murphy, Murfreesboro, Tennessee first. Okay, Murfreesboro on the way to Florida. Yeah, on the way to Florida. <laughs> yeah, a little pit stop in Murfreesboro. So you did that. But talk to us about that. What was that journey? Were you searching for something? Was it was it the business idea? What was going on there? 
So I was a kid when I moved to Murfreesboro. My my mom got transferred when I was a senior in high school. And as anybody knows, moving your senior year is like wow. the end of the world. Yeah, that that was hard on me because, you know, I didn't have a lot of friends. I went from a pretty big school to a really big school. I think my graduating class had like over 450 kids. I didn't know either of the kids I sat next to at graduation. Wow. And, um, that just really prepared me for life because I realized all the things that were important in high school, like friends and popularity and all those things it just that year I didn't have any of that stuff because I was just trying to just trying to fit in and and I was just trying to play ball but when I got out it was not not fearful to go to college it was not fearful to move away and that's what led me to Miami was I was like I'm getting out of Tennessee so I did drop out of college I think I did about two and a half two semesters Uh, so maybe a year and a year and a semester, three semesters. And then I, I moved to Miami. I took an opportunity to move to Miami and work at a gym down there for a guy who I was working for in Tennessee. And I moved down there when I was 19 and was training down downtown Miami, a bunch of bankers and lawyers. So I grew up really quickly. I had to be very responsible, was paying all my bills, completely taking care of myself. And I was there with a friend and we moved up here and then I rooted in St. Louis and I've been here ever since. Nice. And did you just randomly know St. Louis or did you just like, what no, so St. Louis? We, we had a friend here and I was like, I'm not going back to Murfreesboro. So we lived with that friend for a couple of weeks until we got an apartment. And then I just, I started working up here as a trainer yeah. and I just kind of put my roots in, in St. Louis. And I like St. Louis. It's, it's like a small, big town. Yes. There's enough to do. There's professional athlete or professional teams here. There's a little bit of a downtown, a little bit of a midtown, yeah. uh, but it's also small enough to where like I've been here in 15 years and I feel like I know a lot of people in. Right. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is a small big town. I've said, I've been here for, I guess, since 2001 and it's, yeah, you do, you get to connect and meet a lot of people. So big city, but yet a small city, which is uh-huh. good. So let's talk about some of the business stuff. We, you know, this is called the circuit of success, but part of success sometimes is failure. And mm-hmm. I know you had a business, your first business that you had here in St. Louis. And I know you're pretty transparent and open about that and had some lessons learned, but talk to us about maybe that first business, what, what didn't go right and what you learned from that process? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I jumped in really head first. I was 22, decided to open a personal training studio with a guy I was working with at another gym. We were like, hey, we can do it better. Let's do it our way. So all in, put in all my savings and basically signed my life away to sweat equity. <laughs> and so <laughs> I worked there for free, basically for the first couple of years until I could we could afford to pay me like $500 a month. Wow. Uh, that was like by year three. And at the time I was so young and hungry and passionate about what I was doing that like, I wasn't too, I didn't care too much about the money. And I'd also, you know, was living with my now husband, my boyfriend at the time. So thank God I would say he fed me and gave me shelter. So like <laughs> I didn't have, I didn't need for the bare necessities. Like he provided that for me. I just, I didn't go out much. I was working all the time trying to grow the business. And in the time I really, really fell in love with nutrition and cooking. I started to just my passion for nutrition and helping my clients understand, you know, this is what you need to do to, to see results. It's not just coming to the gym three days a week and seeing me. It's everything you're putting in your body when you're not here. So what I was doing in those three years, even though I was at this gym, I was establishing all of my my understanding of nutrition and food. I started to work with food and recipes and I was 
dabbling with my my what was becoming my new passion. And so I, I went at that for three years. And then long story short, my partner and I, we had a really bad falling out. And it was on my 25th birthday. I'll never forget this. We were in the office and he was telling me all the reasons why, you know, he couldn't stand me because I was so happy all the time. And he was miserable, I think, because, you know, the business wasn't working and he couldn't stand to look at me all day because I was just so happy. And I, it, it was, <laughs> there was some more to the story, sure. but we're not going to go there. And let's just say I made the decision. I could not be in that toxic environment. And I peaced out. I left. I quit. I like walked out of my business that day. And, you know, Jason, when I went home, he's like, how are you going to quit? I'm like, you, I can't go back to that toxic environment. I mean, it was, he said some really hateful things, like really bad that I would never put myself in this situation. I knew I was giving up everything I'd worked so hard for, but in a sense, and it was awful. It was horrible. I didn't want to give it up. I, but like he was majority owner. So I had to leave and I, I opted out. And that was, that was a really dark time for me. After, after that, everything just went womp and, and yeah. really kind of fall for me emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I think fast forward a little bit, I don't know how long after it was, you, you had a, a scare in the middle of the night, right? You had some stuff going on. So walk us through that because I think so many people listen to this and especially when you're trying to grow and, and become successful and do the things we, we sometimes create our own stress or our own anxiety oh and, and we yeah. don't necessarily how to deal with that, especially if it's your first time. Mm-hmm. I had an experience one time, kind of similar to yours. And, and, but let's, let's talk about that. You, you were laying in bed. What happens after that? Well, I think, so I'd never had anxiety before. I probably couldn't even tell you what it was up until then. And right after I lost the business, I started having anxiety attacks almost every day. And they would come on at nighttime when I would go to bed, I would lay down to sleep. And all of a sudden I would just couldn't breathe. I feel like there was an elephant sitting on my chest. I would sit up, I would gasp for air. I started researching what I could do. I went, tried to go to a therapist. I got put on an antidepressant. I was just sulking and just almost depressed. And I look back now, I know in that time I was lost. I didn't know what I was doing with my life. And I felt like my purpose wasn't there. I had no purpose that was driving me. And even though I wasn't happy at my previous business, it gave me purpose helping people. And this is the most pivotal point in my life is when I decided, okay, this is not me. I did have a panic attack one time. Uh, It was so bad. I did call 911, thought I was having a heart attack. If anybody's had a panic attack, they know it's horrible. Yeah. You think you're dying so much that you call 911 for yourself and get on the ambulance to go to the hospital. And that's where I was. And laying in the hospital bed after they told me I was fine. I remember the nurse saying, oh, your vitals are perfect, Jillian. Has anything traumatizing happened to you? And I was just like, how does she know? And she goes, oh, honey, you just had a panic attack. And I'm like, what? And the hell is that? Yeah. And it was just kind of like I was alone. My parents weren't there. My husband, well, my boyfriend was Jason at the time, my husband now today, but he was, he was traveling for work. So was gone. I didn't have anybody to call. So I laid there by myself in that bed, just thinking like, you're pathetic. What is, what is wrong with you? Like you have got to change. And I just said, God, if you're real, help me. If you're real, show me. And that was when I decided to kind of get quiet and really look inward and 
decide what I was going to do with my life. And I did a lot of work. I spent a lot of quiet time. I, I didn't have a job at the time. I went and moved over to like another small family owned gym, took some of my clients with me. I was working maybe 30 hours a week from like 60, 65 at my studio yeah. all this time. And I'm like, what do I do? I got quiet. I sat at home a lot and I journaled and I prayed and I just tried to figure out what I was going to do. And what was revealed to me in that time was that God did present himself to me three times. He showed up big through answering a prayer. He showed up through um, me reading the Bible and presenting a message to me. And then he showed up with a person who actually confronted me at the gym, someone I didn't know, and basically told me that God put it on her heart to tell me that everything was going to be okay. And I didn't wow. know this woman. Yeah. So like I had really three large things happen to me. They were very close together. They all happened in a week. And then after that, I realized, oh my gosh, God is real and he cares about me. And I felt he presented me with the opportunity to have a second chance. And basically he said, go ahead and follow your passion. You love food and you love nutrition science. Like you, you obviously love these two go pursue them. And so I enrolled in culinary school that next year. And I decided I was going to start cooking for my clients because I wanted them to eat better. So I literally just started meal prepping for them. And that's, that's really how I started my business. It never was like, I'm going to open a business. Let me start fit flavors. I have this concept. It was not that at all. It was, it was founded upon me finding healing and finding my joy and following my passion again. So that's incredible. Thank you for the transparency and the vulnerability. It's never easy to talk about when you're calling 911 and, you know, going in and think you're having a heart attack. And I was in a similar situation didn't have to call uh, 911. I, I was dumb enough to drive. And so I was in a client meeting and same thing, oh. you know, this feeling comes up, rushes through you and it's like, it holy crap, right? What just happened? And I had never experienced it ever in my life. And same kind of thing, went to the hospital. You know, you, if you tell them you're having a heart attack, they're like, you know, they strap you in a bed in about 14 seconds. But yeah, you, long story short, you run all these tests, you're fine. And, and I'll never forget the the guy wheel his chair up to me. He goes, listen, you can do one of two things. You can quit your job and, you know, go work at a grocery store or you can learn to fight through this. And I was like, whew, and that was pretty big. And he said, you're having anxiety. And I'm like, man. So anyway, long story short, we got to learn to deal with that. And it doesn't just happen overnight for those people that are struggling. Mm-hmm. And so how long was that process for you mm-hmm. to get back to where you thought life was quote unquote normal? Mm-hmm. About a year. So when I walked out on my 25th birthday, it was May. It was May of 2009. And I got really quiet with God over that summer. I didn't start culinary school till January. I was on the Wellbutrin antidepressant or whatever sometime over the summer and maybe into the beginning of the year. I did stop taking that. And I did some breathing techniques and really prayer and just getting my purpose realigned was what is all I needed. I was, I have a purpose and now I am driven and I'm distracted by my purpose. When you are not driven by a purpose and you feel like you're just floating around with nowhere to go. If you're a highly driven person, like I am, you, you have anxiety and fear. Like, what am I doing? Where's my value? What am I, you know, and that's what I was doing to myself. And I was, I was creating this, my own anxiety. So I just filled that with purpose and my will to learn for about food and nutrition. So that it, and God and getting closer to him and him grounding me. So once those things really were 
coming to fruition, the anxiety, it just, it started to dissipate. It went away. I stopped having the anxiety attacks at night. Um, I only actually had one more panic attack in life. And that was many years later, but I knew it was a panic attack. It wasn't as bad. (laughs) No, it wasn't. It came up and showed up a little different. My body did some different things the second time. So I knew it was a panic attack, but I knew it was a panic attack. Yeah, I think it's true. I mean, you can see behind me, I guess, over here, this future greater than your past. That's our firm's mission. It's my personal mission. And when you said you got to be driven by purpose, I mean, I could not agree more than that. It it takes a while though. You don't just wake up one day and be like, oh, here's my purpose and I'm going to go kick butt now at work. And now I'm passionate and I can leave all my stress and anxiety to the side. It's never going to come up. Like it doesn't just work that way. And so what advice would you have for somebody right now? It's like, yeah, you know, I'm living a good life. I've got a decent job. I've got, you know, a spouse and kids and I'm happy, but yet I want more. I want more. Right. So how, how do we go out and find that? And, and does that purpose find you or do you find it? You got to love your purpose. <laughs> it's it's got to be passion driven. I mean, if it's if it's money driven, I just talked about this the other day actually. Like you you're going to be chasing the money and when it's not coming when you expect it to be coming because of the work that you've done, you just get a little resentful and like all that that's not joyful. That's not peaceful. Yep. Those those fruits of the spirit that we all want to have, peace, love, joy, they can only be fulfilled when we are acting out of love and faith and following passion. And the money comes afterwards. Like I was not, when I first started, and I obviously had a very small business, I was making money. And then when I actually opened a real business and put the brick and mortar out, that's when I stopped making money. (laughs) And I didn't make money for years. And I just recently started making money again. And I I could have easily quit many times in there. There was many times I thought about quitting, owning Fit Flavors, even when we were big, when we had three stores. And that's when it was the worst because there was so many things I had to overcome as a business owner. That's reality, like food costing and managing labor costs and all that stuff that nobody can see. I had to figure all of that out too. So, I mean, the money will come if you continue to work for it. But going back to your your question, I would suggest that if you're wanting more, you you got to you got to figure that out. That only you can tell yourself that. You got to get quiet and do some you time. I found the most answers when I am quiet with God and I'm consistent with speaking with him. It's only between you and him and he is going to reveal to you all the answers in in timing. Yeah. When you're ready for it, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's amazing you say that about the silent time or the quiet time. I think it's, I, I've learned that as well. And some of the, you know, the biggest names in business and sports and the people I've fortunate enough to been able to interview and just normal people that I get to talk to every single day. It, it's the the thing, the some of the best ideas come when you're just sitting there, maybe a black journal. I say that because that's what I use every day. And they just come to you, but you have to spend that time. I call it strategic think time, penciled into the calendar and do it. And that discipline of doing that every single week. And I've done that since July of 2005 weekly, like that's a big deal. But I think we get so busy and we're doing this and we're doing that. And we say, Oh, I, I, you know, and I, and trust me, I feel bad and guilty sometimes when I'm like, I'm just thinking, but that time is the most important date on my calendar every week. Wow. That's cool. I, I remember when I just, so people have always told me I should write a book and I never really had the time. I had two babies, opened three businesses really fast within three yeah. years. Then my business was struggling. So I was a mental head case. So writing a book <laughs> was like out of the question. Right. 
And I kind of lost myself in those couple of years when I tried to figure out how to run my business because there was so many issues that arise. Like I said, food costing, labor, culture, process and procedure, all things I had to figure out at a, yeah. at a very large level. And it was during one of my quiet times I was having and I remember was in prayer and I just started crying. And what I was realizing that I wasn't expressing a side of me, which was my creative side. I was, I am a very creative person. Like my passion for the business is the menu development. That is what got me started on this mission yeah. with helping people eat better. And I want to bring, you know, this whole like farm to table, fancy eating into this healthy consumable product that you can grab and go with. So like, that is, that is my gift to the world. And when I got into all the, the business stuff, I started to lose myself because I have a lot of really smart people that help me run the company. And I am the best with people in product. And I realized I wasn't, I wasn't getting to express that creative side of me. And that's when I said, oh my gosh, I have to write this book. And it was like a light went off in my head. And then I started on the, the path to write this book. And I've been fulfilled on being able to express that creative side through this, this development of the book. Yeah. And it's called Owning the Weight, which I love. Owning the Weight, W-A-I-T, I assume, right? right? So Owning the Weight. And talk about that. Why that title and why now? Oh gosh, I just, I, um, I've always talked about like how you have to opt into your shit, whatever that is. Yep. If you're not going to fully take opt own, in, I love it. If you're not going to own it, truly take ownership and you're going to expect someone to do it for you. Take for instance, your nutrition. My trainer said, I need to eat this and this or whatever. Okay. You're doing it because they told you to do it. You're not truly understanding why you're doing it. So you're not truly owning the process of understanding your nutrition. So in my book, I go all into what owning it really looks like, taking full ownership, processing it, giving it the mental time and the mental energy it takes to achieve any type of success. And then I also talk about business because as I lost my first business and then having to reinvent myself and create a completely yeah. new business, like owning every aspect of my failure and processing it and letting it go so I could I could start over. It's just owning the weight is also the weight of getting paid again and being successful or losing the weight or being free of having an unhealthy relationship with food, which I struggled with in my early days. I got really into the fitness industry, like at 18, I got around a bunch of bodybuilders and I thought that was healthy and little did I know. And then when I started really educating myself on nutrition, was I realizing everything I had been telling myself all this time was, was like false, but I had these like narratives in my mind that kept me thinking like I had to diet and I couldn't eat certain things. And once I could release those narratives and get grounded on real facts and science, was I able to actually um, be successful with my own nutrition? And I had to own the full process of getting educated. I couldn't just listen to what other people were doing or hope that it was going to work. I had to, I had to understand it yeah. fully and integrate it into my own life. So yeah. owning the weight is just the time that it takes to achieve anything. It does. It doesn't. I mean, it's like, I remember starting in the wealth management business when I was 23 years old and you, and you, you know, you just want to be successful and you see these men and women that have gone before you and you're like, Oh, they're really successful. I want that tomorrow. Yeah. I had to learn, right. You had, I had to own the weight. 
Mm-hmm. And it was putting in the phone calls at an early age and doing all these things. And so talk about, you talked about nutrition. I think it's so important because, you know, you mentioned you got what, two kids, you know, businesses, a husband, things you got to do, right? And it's not easy to eat healthy, much easier for after a soccer game. I can just drive by and, you know, go to a fast food restaurant, eat something crappy on the way home and tastes good. And it's quick, it's easy. And and boom, we're done. But we have to own the weight. We got to own what we got to do, put into our body. So walk us through what is a busy mom like yourself? What do you do? What's your typical day look like from a food standpoint? Mm, with my kids? Okay. Well, kids and yourself. I mean, just being busy, right? As a family, what do you guys do? Mm-hmm. So mornings are pretty consistent. Me and Jason are typically always home for breakfast with our kids. And like me and him could be doing our own thing in the morning. Like sometimes I get up, I do my quiet time or he'll get up, he'll go out for a walk or he'll do an at-home workout. But we're both here and then the kids wake up. So everybody kind of does their own breakfast. For me, I've been doing this protein shake in the morning. It's easy. I've actually cut caffeine out about three months ago, four months ago, <laughs> back in March. I know it sounds crazy. Never thought I could do it. No, that's great. Feel amazing. Probably one of the best things I've ever done for myself. Like it, I have more energy now than I ever have. And it's super consistent. I don't get these like ups and downs, but I replace that with a protein shake in the morning just because I want something. So I do that in the morning. And a lot of times my kids will do like little egg sandwiches. So I make them these mini egg sandwiches or they'll do a bowl of cereal. So you're not like, not to keep interrupting, but you're not like totally on one side to where you, your kids can have this sugary bowl of cereal, or maybe it's a healthier cereal. Oh, no, I don't give them, I don't ever, they, all they get is Cheerios or checks. Okay. So they're okay. eating normal, normal stuff. Yeah. No, I do normal not buy it. Like Vinny goes, mommy, can I have lucky charms? And I want to be like, hell no, I'm not feeding you that. Like if you eat that somewhere else, good. But like they get, they get plenty of sweets. Like we took them out for ice cream last night. They were at camp yeah. yesterday. I read they got ice cream there too. So I'm like, they're eating plenty <laughs> of sugar. And I know right. they give them, juice. And it's like, dude, that, that right there is probably 70 grams of sugar they consumed yesterday. So like they get plenty of it. We try to make sure we're putting in solid, good meals throughout the day. So like lunch, they've been at camp and lunch they're at school. So like, I don't have control of their lunch for dinner. We typically do a fit flavors meal. Like they'll do. And if not, I try to get them a protein, a starch and a vegetable. That's my goal. I don't care what it looks like, what form it is. It's a protein, a starch and a vegetable for dinner. And then if they do eat that, you know, if they want a snack after dinner or they want a popsicle, I let them have it. But if they didn't eat their dinner, I'm always like, you didn't eat your dinner. So why am I going to let you have like a treat? So that's our philosophy too. Eat that dinner, then you can have your treat, right? Yeah. 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 And so talk about fit flavors. Cause you know, I, like I said, uh, I think maybe before we even started recording, I've been there numerous times. It's awesome. I can give my spin on it if you'd like, but I can just go there, be a busy person, grab, you know, the chicken, whatever I want to have. Boom. There it is. I can even cook it in the store and then boom, I'm out of there. So talk to us about that and and why should people be stopping by uh, Fit Flavors? Oh my God, Fit Flavors. I am like the biggest advocate now than I have ever been. Like (laughs) I'm a chef. I love to cook and I've always cooked for my family. So like I eat Fit Flavors, but I would cook a lot. And my kitchen is under construction this year. So that, and then we've been extra busy because both of my boys are in sports and like I'd always had like toddlers and now they're like in baseball and soccer camps and we are, I have less time to cook now than I have ever had. And we are eating fit flavors more than ever. And we look at each other and we're like, thank God for this product. And him, my my husband and I are literally in the best shape of our lives. He's 45. I'm 37. And 
we are fit and we feel amazing. And we like, it's the food, it's the food. We are so consistent with the yeah. food. It is what's is that is versus the working out. I mean, I've heard that it's, it, that's the lion's share of if you want to be fit and you know healthy. You know, and like, I, I've been working out since I was 18. So it, I'm not going to say it's not the working out. I have consistency piled up over years of eating well. It, I'm a fit person. Like for anybody who starts working out, it's burn. It helps burn calories. It helps build muscle. But if you want to lose body fat and you want to lose weight, you change your nutrition. And that's where you're going to see the most rapid, the, the quickest results. And that's how you're going to sustain them regardless of if you miss a workout or not, you know, but I love fit flavors because we do with the thinking, like I've already done all the inventing of the flavor profile and making sure it's got all the best ingredients. And then we make sure it's nutritionally sound and balanced. So literally you just reheat it and eat it. Like I wanted people to eat our food and never feel like they were on a diet. I wanted them to think of us before they think of going out to other fast, casual restaurants. A lot of fast, casual, like we ate at, I'm not going to say the name, but one of my favorite ones. Last night we ate out and I go, Jason, this food is so good, but here's where they get it wrong. Look at my bowl. I go, there's four servings of rice in here. I go, do you see that? He's like, yeah, that's a lot. I go, people don't realize this and they'll eat the whole bowl or they'll even eat most of it. And I'm now I've consumed, there is literally four servings of rice of what fit flavors would give you. So not only when you pay for fit flavors, are you paying for the meal? You're paying for us, our expertise to make sure you're not over consuming a product. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And he's like, why do you think they put so much rice in? Because it's cheap. I'm like, yeah. And it gives you a lot of food, makes you feel like you're getting a lot for your money. I mean, you could take it home, but it's not balanced because actually the protein serving is an ounce less than we give you at Fit Flavors. So the balance of the meal is not there. And that's what I love about our product. Hmm. It, it's balanced. It's got, it's perfect. And for anybody who's like, tracking macros and counting all that stuff. You can do all that stuff with fit flavors, but for the general population, if you come in and eat the meals, the way they're designed, they are going to be so much more better than anything you're going to get out there. Trust me. I know I eat out and I know how to eat right. And there's there's very few places I'll eat out at. And when I do, I'm just, it's the portions. It's always. Well, you're so right on that, especially for somebody like me that doesn't understand how we're going to balance it, right? If I get this big bowl of rice and there's some chicken on it and whatever else, then it's like, oh, well, I'm eating healthy. You're eating healthy. You are eating healthy. You're just overeating healthy. Right. <laughs> That's good. Good point. Good point. So how many of the fears you put in your mind, Jillian, have actually blown up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be? How many of my fears? Yeah. You've put them in your mind. You've had this fear like, holy crap, this is going to happen. How many of them actually blown up to the magnitude that you put them in your mind? Probably none of them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah. Well, it's, but this is, you know, 238th interview I've had and that, you know, I maybe have heard one or two people say, you know, something different, but I usually sit there for a second and they're like, God, I don't know if I should say that, but like none. And that's yeah. the whole point to the question is we humans, we're, we're driving around the road, we're exercising, we're doing whatever we're doing. And we can put something in here in our mind and then we've made it worse by continually thinking about it. And then whether it's a month, a week, a year, a quarter, whatever it is, we wake up and we're like, huh, that wasn't so bad. And so what I've learned is every situation I can go into when I build it up to be bad, I start to tell myself, the fear I just put in my mind has never blown up to the magnitude. I'm thinking about it right now. And it's really helped me from business standpoint. So thoughts on that. 
Yeah, yeah, that's great. I had this horrible, horrible fear. It was right about that time I told you with Fit Flavors where I was like, I thought about quitting so many times. I had these infants. I had like a one-year-old and a a two-year-old and the business was not making money. And my biggest fear was that we were going to lose our house. We were going to lose everything. We would lose all the businesses and we would be lost. And I just had this awful fear that, that we were going to go bankrupt. Like and, it's amazing how true that fear feels. I mean, oh it, it's like, oh my, you can and, see it happening. And my husband has like an amazing job. He's done really well for himself. And I always thought that like, I was going to take him down, with, you know, and like, <laughs> right. he didn't deserve that. Sorry, babe, we're going and down. That weighed on me so heavily for so many years, for probably three years. And I just, it just, I would, I would say, I told some of my friends in like a business forum, I go, I have this fear that I'm, we're going to lose our house. <laughs> yeah. Not we happening. Don't. We don't. Because in fact, I, downstairs right now, they're remodeling the whole dang thing. You're not yeah. losing yeah. it. You're making it even better, right? Yes. The kitchen that I started Fit Flavors out of is officially changing and I'm getting my dream kitchen 12, 12 years later. So. That's awesome. Well, yeah. you're making some dough now. So it's like, yeah. hey, babe, let's go down there and let's change this kitchen up. It's working. Yes. (laughs) Last few questions here, Jillian. If I steal your cell phone there, I'm sure you got pretty close to you. What what is maybe the one app besides email and, you know, counter, because you got to have those for work, but what's the one thing you don't want me deleting on that cell phone? My Bible app. (laughs) I love it. Tell me more about it. You're the one that just says Bible. Like that's, that's the one we Uh, need. Yeah. yeah. It's the Brown, it's the Brown app. It's the Bible. So I use it for many things. I know I'm not supposed to be on my electronics at night, but a lot of times I'll just read the Bible from there because it's portable. If I'm doing a Bible study, I look up verses on the Bible app. Um, I also like the daily verse and story you can click on every day. They create like a story and it takes like five minutes to put this in. So sometimes then I wake up in the morning I get on my phone. I'm like, don't go to Instagram. Don't go to Instagram. <laughs> don't start your day that way. Right. I'll it's go terrible. to the Bible app. I'll get some encouraging words and I'll just, I'll just listen to that. Actually, today was about fear. And then I will uh, I'll also, it also has like an audible. So if I'm driving and I'm doing a study and I want to like listen to second Kings, I just plug it in, turn the voice on, they read the Bible to me. So I don't even have to read the Bible and just listen to it. Guy's voice is awful. And I can't figure out how to do it. <laughs> like, can't we just change his voice up a little bit? Have somebody <laughs> yeah. a little better. Yeah. That is a good app. You're, you're, you're darn right. So thanks for sharing that. So the book's coming out in early 2022, check out fit flavors. They are aware you got Brentwood. Oh yeah. We have Brentwood. We have Chesterfield. We have Creefcore. We have St. Peter's and we are opening in Sunset Hills next month. Nice. Yeah. It's a beautiful town I'm standing in right now, O'Fallon, Illinois, that could probably use a fit flavor. So we can talk about that. Yeah. We've been thinking about coming over to Illinois. Yeah. Well, we'll talk. That would be an awesome thing. It's a great community. We'd love to have you. So Jillian, it's been awesome having you on the Circuit of Success podcast. Uh, Appreciate you sharing your story. I know you're a busy person and lots going on and uh, you're taking the time with us and our listeners. Our goal every week is to give people the best tips and tools to help them along their journey. And you've helped us today a tremendous amount. So thanks so much for being with us. Awesome. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com.
This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.